Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's time for Takeaways with me, Heidi Fang. What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of the Vegas Nation Takeaways podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Fang, and today I'm joined by Pro Football Talks, Miles Simmons. I'm always excited to have him on. Good friend of the show. Miles, how are you doing today? I am doing great, Heidi, and I am always excited to join you. It's fun whenever we get to talk football. Yes, it is. And we have so much to get into because I want to talk all about what you anticipate with the Derek Carr benching and him essentially moving on from the Raiders. We'll talk all about that. But before we do, I want to remind everybody to hit subscribe wherever you're listening and also check out all of our great things our sponsors do with Station Casinos, STN Sports. Download that mobile app today and get a $100 bonus when you sign up. We're also presented to you on the Blue Wire podcast network and with liquid death all right miles as we start to get into what's going on here with the raiders obviously their season didn't end where they wanted to because the ultimate goal is always super bowl especially when you have it coming to your city in 2024 um that is why i started thinking about what could be for this team what could be for the raiders as they look to this offseason after benching Derek carr first what were your thoughts on the Derek carr benching well, I, I understood it from the contract standpoint. I mean, I, I think it sucks anytime you have a quarterback who's been with the team for as long as Derek Carr had been with the team and you don't really get a proper send off. I mean, it, it was weird in Oakland and we were both there for that last game um, in 2019 where the Raiders lost and, you know, it was one of those comeback losses and they had people throwing stuff onto the field. Right. And, and like oh, yeah. there nachos being thrown into the end zone when Derek Carr is like trying to go say goodbye and trying to, you know, be nice to these people and they're booing him off. The field. It was just one of those bizarre experiences. And, and you know, you didn't have that um, certainly in Vegas. But, you know, I think it's time for both parties um, obviously things just did not work for whatever reason between Derek Carr and, and Josh McDaniels. I mean, you could see that he just never seemed as comfortable as he had been, uh, in the offense in the last couple of years. And there were some good moments, certainly having Devonte Adams, I think helped him, um, over the course of this season and the comfort that those two guys have, but look, it, it became very clear after a certain point that it was going to be Derek Carr or, the new regime and certainly the new regime um, won out there. So it's not really a surprise to me based on the way the season went that uh, the Raiders elected to move on from Derek Carr, because look, Heidi, I mean, you know, this it's every single year. It seems like there's, is this the year the Raiders going to move on from Derek Carr? Is this yeah. the Raiders the year? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For year. And, yeah. <laughs> and so finally, you know, they're, finally just pulling the plug on it and and, and I like I said I, th I just think it's time I think it was like every year after of course he had the um you know leg break and the ankle yeah. injury and the back problem so I think maybe after 2018's season was a complete wash everybody started asking that question but uh as you look to this season the big question is who does come in for Derek Carr one of the big names being Tom Brady especially with his past experience with Josh McDaniels and company when you think about that as an option what does that say to you if the Raiders should begin to court Tom Brady 
Look, I, I think that the Raiders certainly should court Tom Brady. And from a football standpoint, I think it makes a ton of sense. What what offense does Tom Brady know better than the one that Josh McDaniels runs? Right. Right? That That is his offense. You know, that's the thing. It's an offense that he and McDaniels crafted over decades, basically, in New England. So, I mean, you know, you've got somebody in Devontae Adams who obviously can catch the football well. You know, if Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro are healthy, they're still both under contract for next year. Does Josh Jacobs come back? I don't know. But if he does, then to me, that cements this even more as the best football option for Tom Brady because he didn't have to throw the ball 66 times like he did in that Monday night playoff game against Dallas. It's sanity. Yeah, it's not sustainable. I mean, Tom Brady set a completions record because they could not run the football at all with Tampa Bay. And if you're Tom Brady, I don't understand why you want to throw the ball that much. You certainly don't. So if those things happen, then, yeah, Tom Brady makes a ton of football sense for the Las Vegas Raiders. And you got to improve on defense, too. But but I think the thing that might prevent him from wanting to do that is the fact that Las Vegas is where it is in the country. I mean, this is a geographic issue for Tom Brady, who often goes back up to the New York City area to be around his kids Yeah, during the week. You know, you get Tuesdays off in football season. That's where he goes. It's what he does. And so this is one of those things where, yeah, planes still exist. And Tom Brady's made enough money over the course of his life that getting back to New York City and, you know, getting back to uh, Las Vegas would not really be a problem for him. However, I think that just on the body and we know how much Tom Brady prioritizes sleep, all that time zone change, that that could be a significant issue. But like I said, football sense. Yes. Other otherwise, I don't know. Are people still buying G5s. Is Tom Brady, <laughs> can he afford a G5? That's all I'm wondering. I just remember from Tropic Thunder, G5. Yes. Yeah, well, well, then it was the G6, you know? G6. Oh, my bad. Like I messed G6, up the line. Like a G6. That's right. Feeling so right. fly, like a G6. But yeah, but it, it's funny yes. because it's like, like I said, I mean, Tom Brady, I don't think is going to have a problem with that. And if, you know, he doesn't want to buy his own plane, he can use NetJets. But there you go. that's still tough. And, and I think, Brady needs to decide whether or not he wants to even play because he can. I mean, there's evidence, there's ample evidence that he can still play. I I think that part of the problem that there was in Tampa Bay this year was game plan specific. You know, How, how is it that you can't really get anything done for three quarters, but then, oh, Tom Brady just decides bleep it. I'm going to do whatever I need to do in the fourth quarter. And finally the ball can move. That's, that's part of the issue. Those things I don't think would be a problem with an offense that he knows like the back of his hand Mm -hmm. with Josh McDaniels. I mean, think about it. What, what would he need to do to get himself aligned with Josh McDaniels at all? Uh, The only thing you have to do is talk about personnel and it's like, okay, well, Tom and Josh McDaniels can say this, Here's what I know from working with these guys for a year. This is what he does well. This is what he does well. I know that you do X, Y, Z well. This is how it meshes together. I mean, this is like a five-minute conversation, and then they're going. Like, it's it it makes all the football sense in the world. 
So there's so much I want to dissect about that, just because if you talk about the defense needing repair, I think as much with the Raiders as they have Josh Jacobs, the offensive line does need some help there. I would think if you have Tom Brady, you would try to build a stronger offensive line. Although I did see the PFF rank the Raiders offensive lineup in the top 10, but still do you look at fixing the right side a little bit more with the right guard that can be a little bit more sustainable because I don't think Alex bars is the answer. Uh, or do you even think about switching around your center as I've heard suggested that maybe you move uh, Andre James out and you move Dylan Parham in, and then that leaves a hole at your left guard spot. So I'm just thinking about all these moving parts and how, it could be effective enough for Tom Brady to be behind it with a solid run game in place with Josh Jacobs. What are your thoughts on the offensive line first? Yeah, I, I think that it's more possible than people realize to completely overhaul your offensive line in one offseason as long as you make the right moves. Now, I think about the Kansas City Chiefs going from 2020 into 2021. They basically retooled every aspect but one on their offensive line you know they drafted a center in creed humphrey you go out and you get orlando brown and you play him at left tackle um you go out and get joe thuney in free agency there are ways that you can do this now it there are there's reason to believe that the raiders were good at run blocking and i think when you talk about that PFF ranking, it's like, okay, well, how much of that is taking into account the run? How and much of that is yep. the pass, right? Because yep. when you, we talk about those rankings, we can also say, look, use your eyes, you know? And Heidi, you you saw all these games. I saw every one. Yep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Were the Raiders really that good at pass blocking? No. Exactly. So when we, you can talk about rankings all you want, but I think that, you know, when things don't pass the eye test, they don't pass the eye test. So, you have to be able to pass block better if you want Tom Brady. But at the same time, if you're able to run the ball, it sets up play action. It sets up all kinds of different things. And if Josh Jacobs is back, then I, I think that there's ample reason to believe that the Raiders should still be able to run the ball next year. And that being the foundation of the offense makes everything that much easier. And I think too, there. I mean, this is just part of my brain being the naysayer about Tom Brady and everything you're saying makes sense. And this is why I wanted to bring you on is just, do you think there is a point though, that at his age, which would be 46, that the drop-off comes, that there's a decline in what he's able to do? Or do you think it, he's still got it and it'll be manageable enough to get the Raiders into the playoffs in the coming seasons if he does sign with them? I. I think that, yes, there is a point where things fall off the cliff. And I think that some of us, I, I shouldn't say some of us. I, I think some of it we've already seen. You know, the first three quarters of that game against Dallas on Monday night were pretty ugly. And I yes. watched enough Bucks games this year to realize that that's kind of just what's been par for the course. I mean, Tom Brady looks frustrated at other folks and then also at himself because he's not getting the ball where it needs to be. And also part of that is the lack of protection. It's the lack of the run game, the lack of consistency that they've been dealing with. I mean, especially a receiver. So there are a lot of factors in it. Now I, I've heard this from a couple different folks in the industry, whatever you want to call it, that Tom Brady's arm is going to be there probably until he's 50, right? 
but it's the legs. How can he protect himself in the pocket? How can he move around in the pocket? How can he escape things, make things happen, and make sure that he can see um, see what he needs to see and make sure that his base is good enough so that his arm can do what his arm does? And I think that that's really the question, right? And also if he wants to keep his legs in that kind of shape. It, it can't be easy as a 45-year-old to do what he's still doing physically. It just can't be. But I, I think if he has that desire to be great, and like I said, if he wants to go to an offense he already knows, then that's to me why it would make football sense to go to Las Vegas. And the the other thing about it, though, is you have to know that this is like one to two years probably mm-hmm. at most, right? So you have to be able to develop a guy behind Tom Brady. And if Tom Brady wants to help develop that guy, great. But I don't know how much evidence we have that he's really willing to do that. <laughs> do you think that Jared Stidham could be that guy? I mean, well, look, Jared Stidham performed better than I, I thought he would in yeah. those two games um, that, that he played. I mean, it, he looked more tailor-made for that offense than Derek Carr ever did, right? Yeah. And it it just felt like there was a cohesion um, to what he was doing and what was going on that you just didn't necessarily see with Derek Carr. And that makes sense, right? It, it was, it's a scheme that Jarrett Stidham's been in for years. He understands it, you know, and he learned it before. And so I, I saw what Devontae Adams or uh, Darren Waller quotes talking about how during the offseason program, he was the guy that they would go to to explain what was essentially the why of what they were doing on thing in things offensively because he already knew it. So that certainly helps. I mean, if I'm the Raiders, I certainly I, I want to bring Jarrett Sidham back and I wanted to have him in my quarterback room, but I right. don't know that that means he's going to be my starter. Okay, so let's take a quick break, come back. I want to talk about some other options that may be out there that the Raiders could look to to improve this team coming up in 2023. It's Miles Simmons and Heidi Fang on the Vegas Nation Takeaways podcast. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today. You may start noticing there are strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And it's available in still, sparkling, and three other flavors. Why is this water called Liquid Death? Well, basically, it'll brutally murder your thirst, and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. Aluminum is infinitely recyclable and can actually be profitable for recycling facilities. One day I was at work in the cafeteria and saw the Las Vegas Review Journal was carrying liquid death in the vending machine. So I sat drinking one at work while eating my tacos just to fake my coworkers out and make them think I was having an icy cold tall boy with lunch. Go get liquid death at your local Smith's, Walmart, Sprouts, or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. That's liquiddeath.com slash Vegas Nation. Welcome back to the Takeaways Podcast. It's Heidi Fang here with Miles Simmons. We're talking about all things Raiders, quarterback related, what could happen as we start to look at some other names. It was once a pipe dream, but is it now? Lamar Jackson, his name is kind of circulating around now about if, you know, he would be a viable option for the Raiders. And I have to wonder if you think that could happen and how it would actually come to be if it does. And 
the whole Lamar Jackson Baltimore thing is so weird to me because I mean, I, I, the, the Sammy Watkins quotes, for instance, and I'm sure you saw this, you know, where he's saying the, the one quote that kind of got bandied about was, I hope Lamar Jackson decides to play. And so when you see that little clip, right. And you think, wait a minute, did he really say that? And that's one of those rare instances where I'm like, was he actually taken out of context? I need to know exactly what he said. And then I saw the full two graphs of what it was that he said. And no, that was not taken out of context at all. It was really (laughs) this weird criticism that I, I, from Sammy Watkins, who is not somebody who just waltzed into that building and said that, even though, yeah, he was claimed off waivers by Green Bay. He's been in that building for a season before. He's played with Lamar Jackson. He knows Lamar Jackson. So for me, when he said that, I was, I, I was, I was a little surprised by that. And then you also have Marlon Humphrey talking about, well, you know, I don't even know if I should say this, but he's probably 50, 60 percent as in health as quarterback. He's limping around the building. John Harbaugh in his press conference is saying, I love Lamar. I love everything about Lamar. You know, he's trying he's working his way back. He's trying to feel better. Lamar Jackson just tweeting out this information about his injury, which is just a weird thing to do. And it's out of character. And it seems like he's trying to get this blowback against him to stop a little bit. It, it kind of underscores to me that he needs an agent. And this goes into actually answering the question that you asked. If Lamar Jackson, as we sort of expect to happen, um, gets hit with a franchise tag and specifically the non-exclusive franchise tag, that means that he can go and then explore options on the open market. And if he gets signed to an offer sheet from a different team, that team would then owe the Ravens two first round picks or something else that they agree to when it comes to compensation. It's basically saying that he could be traded. So here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. If that's going to happen, and I don't mean this in a disparaging way. I just mean this in a practical way because I, whenever we talk about players and how they don't have agents, it can come off like that. And I don't want to say that Lamar Jackson is stupid because I don't think that he is, but, He's inexperienced. And I think going into a situation like this where you are looking for the best deal possible on the open market, you might need some help in that endeavor, right? And that's where an experienced agent who has worked with quarterbacks and who has gotten quarterbacks a lot of money would really help you. Because if he is tagged with a non-exclusive franchise tag and he could go to the Raiders and say, well, what is your best offer for me? Then how is he going to know exactly what the best offer is if you go into other places like, I don't know, I'm just throwing this name out there. I don't necessarily think it would happen. Houston, right? Houston's got the number two overall pick or the Jets, right? Or even Seattle, for instance, they got the number five overall pick. They're just, it's a lot for somebody who doesn't have any of that experience to handle. So I think Lamar Jackson could be available on the open market I don't know, though, that he would get the kind of deal that he's reportedly looking for, right, where it's fully guaranteed and stuff like that, the model after the Deshaun Watson contract. I don't know that he would get that from the Las Vegas Raiders. If I'm the Raiders, I don't think that I would want to pay that kind of money for a player who has not been available late in the season through no fault of his own, but this is just the reality of football, right? He's been hurt. He's been injured. He hasn't been able to play. And I don't know that signing him 
really meshes with what the Raiders should do well offensively? That's a long answer to a short question. No, I, I like it. And I was thinking too, but you were saying there about Deshaun Watson, just the capital that would be involved if you were trying to, you know, ma- master plan some kind of trade. I mean, they gave up five picks for Deshaun yeah. Watson and they got a six rounder, you know, Deshaun Watson. It's like all of those things that go into it. It's a lot to think about. Whereas with Tom Brady, I think the bonus to him is that you could get a, a friendly deal in terms of how the cap and the the cash and the payouts work with him being um, having the familiarity and knowing where he's at in his career. He's never been the guy for that big splashy contract. So I don't think that it happens now, but when you just to play devil's advocate, if you could have the best of two worlds and everything played out just in roses and all those things, would you rather have Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady for the Raiders at this point? Well, here's the thing. I mean, if you get Lamar Jackson, everything has to be tailored exactly for Lamar Jackson on offense. And that's not a bad thing because when Lamar Jackson is healthy and when he's on the field, he is as dynamic a player as anybody in the National Football League. Sure. We know this. However, you see that when he's not available, you really need somebody who is you know, a, to use sort of a crass phrase, like a dollar store Lamar Jackson, right? Or a Walmart Lamar Jackson, a target version of Lamar Jackson instead of the Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom Lamar Jackson, right? You're going down to Macy's. I'm yeah. mixing metaphors, but okay. <laughs> I love it. But that's what Tyler, that's who Tyler Huntley is. That's who Anthony okay. Brown is, right? You've got these different levels of the kind of player that Lamar Jackson is. Whereas with Tom Brady, it's a lot easier to find a backup quarterback, i.e. a Jarrett Stidham, that has more of the same skill sets and you don't have to tailor the offense to that skill set just as much. Now, like I said, it's not a bad thing to tailor your offense to one of the most dynamic players in the National Football League, but it does require a shift. You know, I mean, if you are playing Lamar Jackson at QB, Devontae Adams is not going to have the same level of effectiveness as he would with a Tom Brady or Jarrett Stidham or even a Derek Carr. It's just not going to be the same, especially if Greg Roman's calling the plays, which he wouldn't be here. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? Right. right I hear so that. It, it, it just it, it shifts everything that you do from an offensive standpoint when Lamar Jackson is your quarterback, as opposed to somebody who is more of the conventional drop back pocket passer. Okay. So Miles, this is my last question for you. Who would you rather see Devontae Adams catch footballs from in 2023? Oh boy. <laughs> because I just think like would Devontae have the same numbers with Brady as he would with Lamar? So I just start playing devil's advocate with all of it. <laughs> well, it's interesting. I mean, I would and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I would have to go look at it. But you you have sure. to look at what Cam Newton did with uh, the Patriots in 2020, right? Which is interesting because when you looked at that, it's not like the Patriots offense was totally ineffective, but it was a very different way that the offense ran. And Cam Newton was pretty good as a runner. He was not good as a thrower. So that means that you would think that Lamar Jackson obviously is going to be much, much, much better as a passer. And I, I, hope that nobody interprets what I was saying is, you know, all, all Lamar Jackson can do is run. That's not what I was saying. Right. It's just a different way of playing offense. Um, Devontae Adams would probably have an easier time catching passes from a Tom Brady or 
a Jarrett Stidham or a Jimmy Garoppolo, who also is going to be on the open market too, and also has familiarity with uh, that McDaniels offense. So those things are part of it. Um, and I think with the skill sets of guys that you have now, I think that that's probably a better option. But if you have a chance to get a Lamar Jackson at a good price, and like I said, you that's one of the most dynamic offensive players in the NFL. Everybody, and you look at the quotes out of Baltimore, everybody loves Lamar Jackson. They love his leadership. It's just yeah. the it's just the injuries that have prevented him from being available. I, I I have a hard time thinking that that's not a good option if you can get him at the price that you that you need to get him at. But it it, it just is a totally weird and difficult negotiation, at, which has the added complication of him not having an agent right now. So yes. we'll see. It, it, there's a lot. There's still a lot that has to play out. And frankly, I think that in a perfect world, in Baltimore's mind, they, they want to keep him. There's no way they want him to leave their building. But it's just the practical matters of what are Lamar Jackson's contract demands and how does that affect the way he sees what the organization is offering him? It's definitely time to agent up if you're talking about it, like better call Saul lawyer up. It's yeah. time, for, <laughs> it's time yeah. for Lamar to agent up. No doubt. But Biles, I appreciate all the insight as always. I love what you bring to the table. I mean, the insight's great. Um, I'm hoping that we could continue to do this as, you know, maybe uh, things develop into the draft. I'd like to see your thoughts on that because I think ultimately, no matter what we talked about today in terms of quarterbacks, I think the Raiders still need to shore up that offensive line. Uh, we did touch a little bit on that, but we didn't even get into the defense. I mean, you and I could stay here for hours, but yeah. <laughs> I know we all got things to do. So we have uh, defense to, to think about, you know, defensive line, how to compliment Max Crosby. Does Chandler Jones step it up? There's all these questions that's running through my head right now. Where does go, Derek but... Carr actually end up? Yeah, we that's... didn't even touch that one, too. No. Well, OK, <laughs> just quick, quick hit then. Where do you think he does end up? I, I, I think it's going to be interesting. First of all, I think that he's going to end up getting cut because I if if I am any team and frankly, if I'm Derek Carr, why in the world would I help the Raiders at this point? Why, why should they get me any, get any compensation from me when they would have to cut me basically in mid February, I get a head start on the free agent market and I can go around and meet with every single team and figure out what it is. That's going to be right for me. There's no reason in the world, unless you know, somebody says that they're going to offer Derek Carr X amount of money guaranteed. Why, why would you do that? You, they don't need your help. So, you know, he's got 40 million coming his way regardless. So they might as well, just, if, you know, he would be there. And, and frankly, there's nobody that's going to sign him for less than 40 million guaranteed. Derek Carr's a good enough quarterback for that. So yeah. whether it's the jets, whether it's the commanders who I think would probably be a good fit, especially if they end up hiring Greg Olson as offensive coordinator. Um, I saw they're also talking to Pat Shermer today, which is Tuesday, January 17th, as we record this, um, whether it's maybe Tennessee, whoever they hire as their offensive coordinator might have some like ties that. to Derek Carr. Yeah, Seattle could be another place that ends up, you know, maybe you want to upgrade a little bit from Geno Smith. I don't know if you see that as an upgrade or not. There are going to be options for Derek Carr, you know, and, and like I said, he's going to get more than 40 million guaranteed. So it, it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up. But someplace that can use a steady hand at quarterback is going to get one with Derek Carr. That's so 
like I just appreciate that and the breakdown and going back into it for me <laughs> because I've been wondering that too. You know, what do you do? Do you cut them? Do you, do you trade them? Do you try to figure out, you know, how to get that no trade clause to work for the Raiders? You know, there's all those things that come into effect and play with him and how it's uh, going to break down. And we'll have it all for you on VegasNation.com as we continue to learn more about this situation as time moves on here and the playoffs are down to eight teams. Keep up with all of that and more with us on Vegas Nation. For Miles Simmons, Miles A. Simmons on Twitter, make sure to give him a follow. I'm Heidi Fang. Thank you everybody so much for listening. Locals know the STN Sports app is the most trusted sports betting app in Nevada. They have convenient sign-up locations across Las Vegas. So download the STN Sports app today.